Nintendo's not going to get around to making their own new Metroid game, then we're just going to have to settle for Axiom Verge. And that's not really settling because Axiom Verge looks pretty freaking amazing. Uh, Tom Hamm is the sole developer making Axiom Verge. He was making it in his spare time until Sony came along with their pub fund and allowed him to go full time on making Axiom Verge. It's now coming to PS4 and PlayStation Vita in early 2015, although it'll probably come to PC too, even though that's kind of like a wink wink nod nod thing from developers these days and it takes so much inspiration from the original metroid in a really interesting way for example the game uh, sort of takes into account the idea of rom hacking and speed running and makes them sort of incorporated features in the game's design rather than being uh, exclusively something that players do once the game is already out there uh, i really uh, recommend checking out uh, more about axiom verge and it's one of those games that the 15 minutes I played at E3 just got me super excited for 2015, the theme of E3 2014. But nonetheless, uh, you should uh, check out my interview with Tom. Uh, I really enjoyed chatting with him and look forward to uh, seeing a lot more of Axiom Verge in the future. Uh, so Axiom Verge is an action exploration uh, um, game uh, in the vein of Metroid, but uh, it also has an additional metal, meta element in the form of glitches, um, which uh, can take the form of a glitch ray that you can use to glitch enemies and certain blocks in the environment. Um, and also, uh, the, the, there's elements like secret worlds, uh, there's a kind of game genie sort of element um, to it. Uh, so, is, is the character in the game aware of all that stuff that's going on, or is that more like the meta layer for the player that they're kind of messing with the game? Uh, the the character is aware uh, of it, and he's he's in a world and he's seeing these things going on, um, and he doesn't know how he got there or why it's like that. You know, he just knows okay, uh, all sorts of bizarre crap going on, and I've got to figure it out. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of what the narrative is about, is him, you know, discovering what his role in all of this is. So is the, is the glitching stuff sort of, is that, you know, obviously when people play older games like Metroid, they use all sorts of weird ways to like get around and like do speed runs and things like that. Is that, is that where that comes from? Um, yeah, that's a lot of it, you know, uh, cause as a kid, like, uh, you know, I obviously I played Metroid to death. Yeah, um, you can't look at Axiom Verge and be like, well, that guy's never played a Metroid game before. He doesn't love Metroid 1. Oh, uh, no, well, no, not at all. I lied. <laughs> no, yeah, just kidding. Yeah, so, um, you know, back in those days, it was all about, uh, like, you know, learning cheats from your friends, opening Nintendo Power, and finding, like, you know, ways to jump through the walls and, you know, get into the, you know, uh, cartridge ROM area you weren't meant to be in. Um... Uh, and it's also uh, goes back to like Super Mario and the Minus Worlds, and back to the Game Genie and the you know the various things you could do with that to just totally whack out your game, or you know, um, uh, in some games uh, not in the in the front loader nest but in the top loader one, you can pull out one game and put in another, and you know whatever whatever was left in RAM from the previous game affects the new game and. You know, maybe you're playing Mario underwater now, that kind of thing. So um, I always felt like that makes the game feel 
more open. It feels makes you feel like there's a world beyond just what was programmed into the game. And so Axiom Verge is me trying to make that happen for a new generation. Well, and it, you know, increasingly in video games these days, that stuff gets ironed out. Like de developers don't want you to break their game. They don't want you to like introduce weirdness. Like they, there's very much like a focus tested, not necessarily linear, but like they have a, they have what you, what they want you to experience. And it seems like you're embracing a lot of the weird, hacky weirdness that has kind of been eliminated out of a lot of video games these days. Yeah, um, you know, I also think a lot of that has to do with uh, the way technology has has progressed. Um, uh, the way things are able to be glitched is different now. Um, you know, in in a world where uh, there's kind of this, or in a game world, I should say, where uh, you know everything is is authored in a way. Uh, so as to be like made of reproducible stamps, like the you know the rooms in Metroid are basically a repeatable stamp, and uh, and because of that, that allowed the secret worlds glitch to even work. Whereas modern games are all polygons, um, and you know there are these gigantic levels, um, and they don't really. Uh, lend themselves well to being able to go past the boundaries and you know find something new because generally there's just a skybox. You're just gonna clip there. through the world and not that's not that's and, no fun. And you'll fall forever. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's some uh, Shadow of the Colossus um, actually has some uh, a multitude of different bugs that you can do where uh, a, a person actually found hidden art assets by going through the world and repeatedly falling and. There was like some uh, ancient like dam structure that was just hidden, you know, never used asset, probably meant to be, you know, for something at one point, and the developer scrapped it. Uh, so you know there is some of that, but I think it's, um, uh, you know, it's it's kind of gone the way of the dodo. Uh, you know, it's it seems like button combination. Uh, you know, up, up, down, down, left, right, and that sort of thing. Happens. Well, that's all DLC now that you pay for. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, so exp explain. Obviously, the huge Metroid influence. Like, what? What's your first memory of Metroid? Uh, you know, I I actually didn't have Metroid. I remember my friends um, in in grade school. It was I was in third grade, and uh, I had a friend who had it, and. Uh, he just thought it sucked. Like he just thought it. Was, he thought it was really boring. So I was always borrowing it from him, and I would just borrow it for like months, basically. And uh, you draw your own maps. <clears throat> yeah, I I did that. I think I did more getting lost than drawing my own maps. But yeah, and I I like to do things like, you know, uh, try and do things that speedrunners do now. Like I would try to play through it without getting anything, or you know, try and get through that. That final room near the uh, the the Torian, where um, uh, you know if you ice beam the enemy and then and then bomb it, you can actually like get through to the end boss without ever defeating the previous bosses and that kind of stuff. Um, and I don't think you know as a child, I didn't think uh, I didn't think oh wow like I can show off my leap skills to everyone. I, I just you're doing like, it for yourself. Yeah, I, you know, I just wanted to see, you know, what would happen. You know, maybe, maybe something 
uh, new will will come out of this, and you know I'll, I'll make some amazing breakthrough. I I didn't know because I was a kid. <laughs> right. Uh, it just was like magic to me. So uh, you've been working on this game for a while by yourself, is my understanding, right? Like how long has that been going on? Um, yeah. So the first uh, four years, starting in like 2010. Um, I basically worked on it part-time uh, after work. Um, I, my day job was at Petroglyph Games, and I'd come home from work, work a little bit on it, um, work on it on the weekends, and um, it wasn't until this past February uh, I got picked up by Sony's Pub Fund, and uh, once I did that, I was like, okay, well, this is a safe enough bet that I can actually work on this full-time now. So. Um, uh, so yeah, so it progressed very slowly, and then uh, just the past few months, um, you know, I've been going at like four times my previous rate, and uh, so it's going pretty well. What is it about the Metroid games that you find so appealing that you wanted to incorporate so many sort of uh, iconic elements uh, with your own spin on it into your own game? Like, what what makes those so like iconic even in 2014? Um, I think it's, I think it's a lot of different things, you know, um, uh, obviously, I guess the main thing actually is probably just exploration, um, and the feeling that there, there might be some, there might be a wall that's innocuous and does nothing, but there also might be a secret behind it, uh, and I think it, to me, I know that Zelda and Metroid have some different philosophies in how they're designed, but I think it's almost the same uh, uh, core appeal is that there are secrets, um, and exploring will actually yield, you know, results for you. Uh, the, the environment isn't just a set piece; it's actually, uh, you know, in, interactive, and each of those little tiles could have something hiding behind it.